Hi again, everybody. Tom Oglesby in the KCRD studios. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, Despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. Colleen, we've got a special guest in here. We do. First time appearing here on The Chatter. Deacon Bill Beaver is with us, and we're going to talk all things healing. I'm sure a lot of people in our community know Bill because he stays rather busy between a couple different parishes and all the other stuff he does, jail and prison ministry, etc. But he really does have... Uh, from the Holy Spirit, the gift of healing. Um, and if if you've never prayed with uh, Deacon Bill, you should, um, because it's awesome to pray with him. And I'm so glad he's here today to talk about healing, because we can all use healing. And the guy we should have here is who set up the uh, the episode, Bill, our good friend Mark Hager, who's not here because his back is horribly painful right now and uh and he needs healing so ironic so i've heard (laughs) (laughs) do you you got a long long distance uh approach to all of this uh for for mark i brought him a birthday card i don't think that's quite going to do it no no (laughs) although uh give the card to him we'll take the gift certificate (laughs) so bill where do we start here you've been doing this for 40 some years uh, in your uh ministry and your ordination to the uh, diaconate and and uh, in your mind where where's a good place to start with all of this here a good place to start is probably back in 1978 when the lord jesus touched and healed me without my even asking him and that came about through the charismatic renewal in some of the luther or the protestant and the catholic church here in dubuque and as a result of healing, I started reading the New Testament scriptures along with some of the Old Testament scriptures, and some of them really struck me, one of which was Sirach, chapter 38, verse 9, which tells us, My son, when you are ill, delay not, but pray to God who will heal you. Cleanse your heart of every sin then give the doctor his place, for you need him too. Wow. Can you talk about your uh, healing there? Is it is it too um, much intrusive? Or? Well, just briefly, I was going through a, an episode of depression, which I had never experienced before in my life, and along with that was chronic insomnia. And so as I went to work every day, I was a miserable person because I was so tired all the time. And as a result of just being invited to a charismatic prayer meeting and being introduced to spontaneously praise the Lord, the depression lifted and praise God, I was healed. You still got good memories of that here? Can you synthesize the feelings at that point? The feeling was just pure joy. In fact, I remember going to work every morning and just thanking the Lord just for for the day and, you know. It's joy beyond what I could really put into words right now. 
Sometimes people, when they are healed of something like depression or anxiety, they talk about like feeling a weight off their shoulders. Did you have anything? Did you feel any like lighter? Did you feel a weight come off your shoulders? No, I can't describe it that way. It just seemed like I was free of what I didn't know I was chained up with. <laughs> well, wow. good. Well, praise God. <laughs> praise God. Jesus it, knew what it was. Interesting uh, choice of words, Bill, uh, chained up with. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to go on, yeah. after this release from this depression, um, Matthew 10, 8 really struck me. It's a very short sentence. It says, the gift you have received, give as a gift. And it struck me that Jesus had given me this gift, just full of grace, free of charge, and that I was supposed to give it as a gift to other people. So I began asking people when they said they were sick, would you like me to pray with you? Or would you like me to pray over you? And you know, through 44 years, no one has ever, ever said no, <laughs> he said no. To, to that particular question. <laughs> yeah. And so often, you know, we're afraid to do so, but some people are just waiting for it. And Do you, do you remember the length of time uh, between your healing and that, that passage verse in, in Matthew? Was that nearly immediate, or how did that come about here? It probably came about within the first year of that healing. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Nothing happened just overnight. I mean, after the initial healing, I was taken, or I was, I should say, I was led by the Holy Spirit to a couple of people who had the gift of healing in our Dubuque community. Sister Mary Lou Murray, who is now deceased, a Franciscan sister, and Sister Adrian Newman, a Dominican sister. And both of them took me deeper into um, praying for healing. They prayed over me. And I learned more and more as Jesus brought healing to me, I learned the principles of what this is all about so that I could be a better, uh, a better prayer, if you will, mm-hmm. when I'm giving this gift away. Amazing how the Lord provides people in your life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Go on. So <clears throat> another um, couple of scriptures that struck me as I read those New and Old Testament scriptures, uh, number one Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty one of my is one of my favorite passages. Jesus saying, "Come to me, you who are weary and find life burdensome, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon your shoulders and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. Your souls will find rest, for my mm. yoke is easy, and my burden is light." And then uh, John ten ten, I came that they might have life and have it to the full. As I'm hearing these scriptures and I'm growing in my relationship with Jesus, I'm realizing that Jesus has a will to heal that so many of us are not even aware of. Hmm. And were we, if we were aware of it, we would be running to him immediately for the gift of healing, knowing that it's his Holy Spirit that's drawing us to him. I just love the scripture from Philippians. It says, it's God in his good will toward us who brings about within us any measure of desire or achievement. So if anyone is praying for healing, know that it's the Holy Spirit that has given you the gift of that desire to ask the Lord Jesus for that gift. Say that again. 
That's interesting. It's God in his goodwill toward us who begets or brings about within us any measure of desire or achievement. So if we desire to be healed, it's a sign that the Holy Spirit is moving in our hearts, moving us to Jesus to ask for the gift of healing. The desire to ask in itself is the first step. Fascinating. And from God. And so he moves us. We are not aware of it, maybe, but he moves us to ask for healing. Precisely. Precisely. That's awesome. I'm listening to these scriptures, these verses that you've pulled out, Bill, and sometimes we hear them in the liturgical cycle, but I'm not sure I remember Philippians in, in the three-year cycle. But, uh, you know, if you're reading the Bible, Colleen, it's, look at, this is radio, the listeners can't do it, but Bill is giving us a, an entirely new light and interpretation on that, which we read frequently. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can tell that you're seeped in the scripture because notice he just reeled those scriptures off Mm -hmm. he does not have them in front of him yeah so yeah you've been steeped in the scriptures that's beautiful and the amazing thing is that i have never memorized these scriptures it's just it says if the lord has written them on my heart um there's one uh john 14 1 to 6 that gets used at almost every funeral and people say, wow, you really memorized that. And I say, no, I've just proclaimed it so often that the Lord has written it on my heart. Mm. And the same with these. So to go back to uh, those women that kind of helped you, led you a little bit deeper in the healing ministry, when do you think that you thought, maybe I have the gift of healing and God wants me uh, to do this more. I know you said give as you know, you've been given, mm-hmm. but when did it kind of hit you of, I should do this um, on a more concerted basis? Well, each one of them, even though they prayed over me and the, your, the Lord used them as an instrument to bring about healing for me, as I said earlier, they were, I was being attentive and listening to what they were doing and it's as if the Lord was giving me instructions. And both of them gave me a wonderful gift of enabling me. They, they weren't possessive of the ministry themselves. They said, after praying for me, they said, now you can go home and you can exercise this healing process, this process of inner healing yourself. And so I began just in conversation with the Lord, you know, asking for deeper healing than I had received on the surface. As I did that, I discovered some of the reasons why I had been so depressed. Fascinating. And as I discovered those reasons within myself, it it empowered me with what I'll call the gift of empathy to be able to be with other people and to get a sense of what it is that they're feeling so that I know what to pray for as I'm leading them, you know, to Jesus through the Holy Spirit and to open their hearts to this gift of healing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Can you talk about some of that without, is that too personal to get into some of what you've just talked about? Um, how How would you approach that to people that might have questions? Well, here's a, an example 
um, which might sound a little bit trivial, but it's humorous at the end. So when Sister Mary Lou was praying over me, probably the first time, all of a sudden, now keep in mind I'm 30 years old at the time, I get this flashback as she's praying over me that for the Holy Spirit to surface within me whatever needs to be healed. I get this flashback of Bill at six years old, livid with anger toward my mother who had said no to buying me a Daniel Boone's or a Davy Crockett coonskin cap. I was livid with my mother. In my mind, I knew that my mother was correct in saying no because we didn't, we didn't have, you know, we weren't that affluent of a family when I was growing up. But um, so she said no, and I probably accepted it at the time. But little did I know that I had buried such a high degree of anger toward my mother, and I was still carrying this around 24 years later. Really? Okay, which is a huge source of anxiety and depression. So as she prays, she says to me, now invite Jesus into this picture as you see yourself standing before your mother. As I do, um, Jesus just smiles upon me. He understands. Then he smiles upon my mother, and I see all this in my mind's eye, in my imagination. And then Sister Mary Lou says, now invite Jesus into that picture, okay, and just stay with him. Just continue to walk with him. And as I do, he looks down at me and he says, so you want a cap, do you? And I shake my head, yes. And he says, well, here, you can wear mine for a while. And he takes the crown of thorns off of his head, places it on my head, and I take him by the hand, or he takes me by the hand, and the two of us skip down the road as a six-year-old would, and I am happy as can be because Jesus has healed that memory of being denied that coonskin cap. Wow. So this prayer involves not only your memory, but a little bit of your imagination when you're you know, trying to see what's happening. All that kind of plays into it, our faculties. Yes, yes. Mm, good. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. And that's what this process of inner healing, which is, you know, one of the primary methods that I've used with other people, and they have surfaced memories from years ago that mm. they never even remembered. Mm. But like you said earlier, that maybe is the Holy Spirit in them prompting those memories, because the Holy Spirit knows what needs to be healed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The difference between this and going to, say, a psychologist who also surfaces memories mm -hmm. is the fact that we invite Jesus to touch our mind, our heart, our soul, and our emotions, and to bring the fullness, the, the closure of healing, if you will, to the process. Whereas, as good as psychologists can be, they can bring the memories forth, but Normally, it includes the need for forgiveness for the person who has hurt you or deeply disappointed you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you know how close forgiveness is to the heart of Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. That's who he is, forgiveness mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. And so as he um, touches us, 
there are some situations where we just can't seem to forgive the person who has hurt us. So there was one example where a little blind girl came to me and <clears throat> she had two glass eyes and her dad brought her to me so I could pray for healing. And I thought, well, there's no way this is going to happen with two glass eyes. Well, we talked a little bit and then I prayed over her and she said, I know exactly what I have to do. I have to forgive my mother who made the decision to have my eyes removed, otherwise I would have died. She said, I knew in my head that my mother did the right thing, but in my heart, I'm still struggling with living a lifetime of blindness. And she said, as hard as I try, I just can't forgive my mother. Wow. So then what did, what, how do you lead someone to a point where they can forgive? Well, this had to be the spirit, because as soon as she said that, I immediately said, you know, Katie, sometimes we're hurting so deeply that we just have to ask Jesus to give us the gift to forgive, or we have to ask him to do it for us. Hmm. I said, would you like to ask him right now for that gift? And she just humbly shook her head. Yes, I believe I put my hands on her blonde hair and prayed a short little prayer asking Jesus to give Katie the grace to forgive her mother. Mm -hmm. And that was the last time I ever saw the little girl. The family moved out of town shortly thereafter, and mm -hmm. I just have to trust that Jesus has her now where he wants her to be. Mm -hmm. And something <clears throat> I know you're going to talk about in one of the um, next segments is um, healing of emotions and forgiveness, but sometimes it seems like that's almost more important than a physical healing because let's assume she didn't grow regrow eyes right right but if she was able to forgive that's almost a bigger miracle than sight it is because so many people who have been hurt deeply they feel angry they grow in bitterness and resentment and they end up being an angry person who, you know, doesn't live a very good quality of life for the rest of their life because they are in such grief over their loss. And I can imagine it would affect future relationships, you know, um, even the future willingness to forgive, you know, if you're still holding on to that unforgiveness. So right. how important that is. Mm -hmm. Well, Bill, that's the fastest 18 minutes and 52 episodes here. What, what uh, I had uh, chills down my neck there. We're with Deacon Bill Beaver from, uh, from Dubuque here. We'll be back and talk more about that on the chatter after these announcements. We're back. This is the Chatter Podcast. We're recording on Monday, July 18th. Colleen and I have guest Deacon Bill Beaver on the, uh, on the 52nd episode on the ninth anniversary of uh, all kinds of conversations. So it's, it's, do they call those things perfect storms or something? Something like that. Like that. And I'm really enjoying, we've never had a guest like Bill, like uh, Deacon Bill Beaver here before talking about healing. So this is fascinating. I'm glad you spoke up because he had me captivated. I felt like a little kid at his feet listening here going in, Bill. So 
You've been doing this for a while. Uh, one of the things that popped into my mind in the last episode, Bill, um, especially hearing the uh, portion about the uh, young girl with the eyesight and the forgiving, forgiveness of her mother here, I, the, the, uh, our father popped into my mind. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors here. That, that was just three times into my brain as you were talking there. There's been quite a few people whom I have dealt with whom, to whom I've offered inner healing, or it's, sometimes it's called healing of memories, and invariably there's a need for forgiveness. People might wonder, why is it so important that we forgive everyone as we pray in the Our Father? Mm-hmm. I look upon it this way. We're all God's children. We get hurt. We get angry. We have these negative feelings toward the person who has wronged us. And so we're already hurting. And I try to explain that if we hang on to that anger, and sometimes it's hatred, sometimes it's even rage, if we hang on to that, it's like our drinking poison and hoping that the other person is going to die. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is totally irrational. Mm-hmm. Now, why does God want us to forgive? Because he doesn't want us to die. He wants to heal us. And if we pour poison on top of an already hurting child of God, we're just hurting ourselves even more. So the last thing that God wants us to do is to drink that poison. It's not because he's... Um, asking us to let go of, of the hurt or to excuse the hurt, the hurt is there and it can, it's often due to sin. But God doesn't want us hurting ourselves when we're already hurting. Mm-hmm. And thus, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. One of the things interesting I thought you said in the first segment <laughs> about that forgiveness was even sometimes we might think, rationally with our mind i understand why they did that i understand why mom said no to the hat i understand it in my head Mm -hmm. and yet it can still lead to a need to forgive uh, some anger and that i think a lot of people maybe don't understand they might think you only need to forgive if you've been wronged and and you know it was wrong and it was an injustice but i think there are times when maybe that was how things are supposed to be but but your heart uh is still hurt Yes, yes. And needs that healing. So there's a difference between understanding and forgiving. Yes. To that point, um, as you mentioned earlier, or maybe you mentioned it earlier, um, I've been involved in a great deal of jail and prison ministry. Mm -hmm. And a number of years ago, I met a young man by the name of Ramon who grew up in Mexico. And Ramon was a gangbanger from Moline, Illinois. He tried to blow the head off of his rival gang member. And Ramon had a spiritual awakening, and so he invited me down with him to pray for inner healing. I prayed with him five nights, five Wednesdays in a row, and I knew that there was more that needed to be healed within Ramon. I knew that he was livid with anger with God, but he was not willing to admit it, okay? Because, well, after all, God doesn't do anything wrong in Ramon's mind. Mm -hmm. But Ramon is hurt because his father, his earthly father, 
when Ramon was growing up, beat Ramon virtually every day when he was had too much alcohol. And so Ramon first had to forgive his earthly father for all those beatings and all that abuse that he took. Mm-hmm. But what Ramon had a hard time doing was getting past the denial that he was just as angry at God our Heavenly Father for giving him such a lousy excuse for an earthly father. And when he finally admitted that anger that he held toward our Heavenly Father, Ramon broke free of just a tremendous amount of weight that he had been carrying around probably for 25 years. Wow. It's kind of amazing that happened just in five visits. I would think that would be something that would just be take a long time. But obviously the spirit was moving and prompting and, you know, wanted him to be healed. Right. And he was open to it, too. Mm. And he was open to it. So another maybe qualification for healing. Mm -hmm. And interesting, isn't it, Colleen, that this happens in the uh, context of jail and prison ministry? And we take a look at all of, I mean, the United States as a whole is one of the, uh, has one of the highest incarceration rates in the world. Mm -hmm. And how many hurting people must be there. What else have you found in jail and prison ministry, Bill? Well, I found out the truth of the scripture that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. I've seen more uh, wonderful things happen at the county jail here in Dubuque Mm -hmm. than I have in the two parishes that I serve. Mm -hmm. Not that there haven't been great things within the parishes, but there are just wonderful things that happen at the jail that we would never, you know, anticipate. We tend to look at people as just a number. In fact, here's a good, a excellent example of it. One night, I was down, locked in the jail cell with 15 other guys, and I was talking about how God is <clears throat> just waiting to answer our prayers, how ready he is to answer our prayers. Um, I can't remember the exact verse and book. I believe it's Matthew. Mm -hmm. Jesus was talking about um, if you as earthly fathers know how to give your children good things, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And I asked them, would you like to ask for the Holy Spirit to come into your hearts tonight? And they looked at me like, well, yeah, right. God would want to give us a gift like that. And I said, no, just let's try it out. I said, if you're open to it, I'll go around the room and I'll just lay a hand on each one of your shoulders and I'll, I'll pray over you. So I wonder, they all said yes. They were kind of intrigued at this offer. Uh, so I went around the room and I prayed a spontaneous prayer as I laid a hand on each and every one of their shoulders. And when I got to the 15th guy, he looks up at me and he says, how in the world did you know what to pray for for each of these guys? He said, I've been talking to every one of these guys in the last week, and everything that was so unique to that person, you prayed for. Wow. So you were praying out loud as you were? I was praying out loud. And it was the Holy Spirit, you know, I didn't even realize it at the time, but it was the Holy Spirit exercising the gift of knowledge and understanding so that these 15 men could witness this miracle that was taking place. 
I said, this is just a clear sign that our Heavenly Father looks upon each one of you, not as a number like they do down here at the jail, but he looks upon you as someone who he is uniquely interested in and who takes delight in you because you're one of his children. And who knows what's on your heart. Exactly. Who knows what needs to be healed. Yes. And that was probably the more powerful witness than anything to that 15th guy. How did you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you remember what you prayed for number 15? <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> so then what happened in, in that situation? Anything more memorable from that? That's just a fascinating story of the 15. Well, that's that session ended then. Um, sometimes when I was down there, I'd do nine prayer services in a row, you know, during the night. I'd be there from 5 o'clock to 9.30 in the evening. So I don't yeah. remember what happened. Yeah, wow. but, every, you, but you know, we know what happened. Those 15 guys left that room, and they all witnessed the power of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. So what happened with that seed, we don't know. No. But if number 15 recognized that you were praying somehow, he maybe didn't know it was God, you prayed for what each of them needed had to make an impression, even if it was just God is real. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Yeah. And, and the uh, works of mercy are now popping into my bre- uh, head here, uh, visiting the imprisoned. You, you visited me while I was imprisoned. You, uh, but counseling the doubtful, there's number 15 there, counseling the doubtful. Uh, I'm not saying you admonish the sinner, but there had to be some uh, doubtful guys uh, as you started going around that prison room there mm-hmm. for the 15. So you've been to the Dubuque County Jail, but you've been to Anamosa too, right? Ex- yes, yes. <clears throat> and pray with um, some of the inmates there? Yes. Started with a Christian Experience weekend back in 1995. Wow. We got down there and we slept in the same gymnasium with all the prisoners. The guy next to me, he disappeared at 9 o'clock, and I said to one of the guards, what happened to Rick? And he said, oh, we lock up the lifers at 9 o'clock. We don't trust them as much as the other guys. (laughs) (laughs) You're thinking, good, because he was right next to me. (laughs) Wow. So, but you overcame any anxiety or trepidation about going there, knowing that it's a a population that's been violent in a serious way, that they got a prison sentence to Anamosa, and you were going to go be with these guys and talk to them about the Holy Spirit. That must have been intimidating. The first time at the county jail, as I was locked mm-hmm. in the room with these guys, mm-hmm. and Deacon Leo Brusker, and I was accompanying oh, Deacon him, Leo. Deacon Leo, um, I, asked, I said to myself, what in the world am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but after that night, there was never a fear ever, ever again. Hmm. And I've been doing that since 1991, so we're talking 32, 31 years later. Wow. Well, fear is one thing, Bill, but the question here is, is why me here? Or, or <clears throat> you, you had to ask a couple of times, Lord, why, why me? What am I doing here? Did you pull a Jeremiah on the uh, Lord or what? No, it, it was just a desire of my heart. Let's go back to that Philippians quote. It's God and his good will toward us who brings about within us any measure of desire or achievement. 
So it was a gift being called to minister to those men and women. But I have to say you said yes to the gift. I think God wants a lot of things done and puts it on a lot of people's hearts. And I think a lot of people say, no, I'm not doing that. It's not me. That's a ridiculous idea. Someone else can do that. But you listened to that and you said, okay. I do. I fully believe in the efficacy of listening. And what do you mean by that? Yeah, what is that? Well, the word efficacy means that it brings about what um, it's supposed to. If we truly listen and we act and we believe that it's the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't, we know we have to act, okay? A couple of examples here, and this, this ties right into the gift of healing. I came home from a diaconate retreat one Sunday, and I was laying on the couch half uh, praying, thanking the Lord for the retreat, half falling asleep. I call it resting in the spirit. (laughs) And I was moved to pray, Lord, is there something else you want me to do in my ministry? And as clear as day, the thought went through my head, yeah, go to work tomorrow and start a healing service at Mercy where I worked. Now, I was the director of clinical engineering, so this isn't exactly in my job description. So you're at Mercy Hospital Clinical Engineering. Yes. And the Lord's telling you to... To start a healing service. Take a left turn. And I said, Lord, you know, Trinity Health just, you know, took over here, and there's a lot more bureaucracy than there used to be. And I don't think that, you know, I don't know if I want to deal with all that bureaucracy. And I really believe the Lord said, Bill, don't you think I can deal with a little bureaucracy? (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, well, you've got a point, Lord. (laughs) So I kind of made a bargain. I wasn't, I didn't jump right into this one, but I said, Lord, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go talk to Kathy, who's been in music ministry with me in parish healing services. And if you're moving Kathy to do this, the two of us can go to the director of spiritual care and ask permission for this healing ministry. So I go to Kathy the next day And I told her what was going on, and she said, Oh, you've been talking to Pat Conlon, haven't you, the director of spiritual care? I said, No, I'm thinking maybe the Holy Spirit is asking you and me to go talk to Pat and see if we could get permission to start a healing ministry. And Kathy quickly says, I was just talking to Pat last Friday, and the two of us agreed there should be more prayer in this Catholic hospital. And furthermore, she said to Pat, This is an institution of healing. Why don't you go talk to Deacon Bill and see if he would lead a healing service on a monthly basis? Pat had already given me permission to do this before the Lord invited me to participate. Isn't that how the Lord works? (laughs) He's already opened the doors, and you were the last to know. (laughs) I'm I'm going to quote uh, Father Simon here. The problem with God is he thinks he's God. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that something we think it's ridiculous, a lot of red tape, we're not going to do that. And he's like, it's already a done deal. (laughs) Just go ask Kathy. So did your uh, facial complexion blush on on that uh, conversation, Bill? That had to be an aha moment. It was an aha moment. And we did start the healing service. This was 2005. And we had a healing service for the next, well, up to 2019 when the virus hit and, you know, the hospital kind of almost shut down except Mm -hmm. for people that had COVID. 
I am. But we're hoping to resurrect that as soon as we get the green light. And so you would have it there on site in the chapel? or in, Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can think of nothing more consoling than to either be sick or have a loved one who's sick and to go down there for a healing service, right? Because as Catholics, I mean, they're right. You know, there there should be more to healing than just, here, take this medicine. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Colleen, we're bumping up on the uh, second break here in the chatter on this uh, illustrious day here. Uh, I didn't do that. I wanted, I had a note bill to do this, and I missed it at the end of the first break here, but not on this break here. So you're... You're a healer. You're going to do a prayer heading into the break here. Give us, give us a prayer, please, uh, before we take a break here. Well, let's come together in the name, the love, and the power of Jesus, invoking the Holy Spirit, the giver of all spiritual gifts, including the gift of healing. And we pray, Lord, that anyone who is listening right now and who is seeking the gift of healing that Colleen and Tom and I would say yes in agreement with their request. We pray that you pour out your healing power upon them, Lord, healing of mind, heart, soul, or body, whatever they need, Lord. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Deacon Bill Beaver is with us on the 52nd episode of The Chatter, and we will be back right after these announcements. Hi again, everybody, moms and dads, boys and girls. You're listening to The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD or maybe on The Chatter podcast at uh, kcrd-fm.org with our guest, Deacon Bill Beaver. Colleen, what a prayer that we uh, left off on there. You know, I wanted to comment. We ended the last segment with a, a prayer for healing that led by Bill. And I just wanted to comment on, you know, prayers don't have to be 15 minutes long. You know, um, what does the scripture say? Don't be like the pagans that think that uh, the multiplication of their words is going to make a difference. But that was such a simple, heartfelt, short prayer. It made it seem like, hmm, maybe anybody can pray for healing. Let me tell you how I learned to be so brief when I pray. This is a little funny story, personal story. I was painting the eaves of my back porch. I started falling off the ladder, going over backwards. <laughs> my toes uh, caught on the rung, and I thought I was going to break my legs. Well, finally, my toes let go. Both feet shot straight up in the air, and I had this premonition that I'm going to go down on the bricks and crack my skull or break my neck. But when my feet were at the highest point, the Holy Spirit moved me to pray, Jesus, save me. What happened? The ladder fell over the gallon paint can and landed upright on the bricks, and my head went right into the paint can, and it acted as a shock absorber so that I didn't break my neck or crack my skull. The worst that happened was I needed to clean the paint off my head. (laughs) But truly, Jesus saved me. Yep, yep. And then on December 10th of 2005, I was out to the monastery going to confession, and the snow was falling like you wouldn't believe. As I approached Highway 151, 
uh, coming from the monastery as I was going home, my car slid through the intersection, and as it did, here's an 18-wheel semi coming down the road, and I look at it, and I'm thinking, boy, I am going to be one dead deacon. (laughs) (laughs) But the Holy Spirit moved me to pray. My intent was to pray the same ladder prayer, Jesus save me, but there was only a tenth of a second of time that that I had to pray, and so the only word that I got out was Jesus. And I did say it out loud. And I tapped the brakes once, and being a physics major in college, I can calculate this. A tenth of a second passed, and instead of the semi T-boning me and running right over me, I T-boned the rear wheels of the semi. Wow. And, and truly, Jesus saved me. Yep. I remember that accident. Yes. You remember wow. the sling I, I was in? I knew your arm was in a sling. Yeah. The reason, the only, uh, the car was crushed on both ends. Both ends? Both ends. Because it hit, the front hit the rear wheels of the semi. It spun the car around, and then the trailer of the semi hit the rear of the car, and it was like an accordion. They needed the jaws of life to get me out. And the only thing, the only uh harm to me was a broken collarbone which was due to the seat belt that went across my collarbone Mm. wow wow you know it reminds me of that prayer that uh father noah deem taught us a long 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 time ago Mm -hmm. it's a prayer to saint joseph and it goes like this in the name of the father and of the son of the holy spirit amen help me in the name of the father and of the son of the holy spirit amen and i guess if you're short on time you can skip the sign of the cross right yes yeah. The name of Jesus, power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name Who of Jesus. Who was it that said that the other day, uh, Colleen, uh, Bill, we were talking about, they were talking about the mystery of the rosary, the um, uh, the luminous mysteries, the Cana, the wedding at the wedding Cana. The wedding at Cana. And uh, somebody says, look what Mary did. And I think these are her last words. He walks, she, the first one says, son, they have no wine. She doesn't go back another again and say, hey, they're still out of wine. She just says once, they're out of the wine. And then she looks to the uh, stewards and says, do whatever he tells you. Mm-hmm. And we don't hear from her again, I think. Is that true? That's true, yeah. That's the last in John's gospel. Yeah. But I think it really goes to the heartfelt prayer. You know, someone utters a prayer that is so heartfelt, it's almost like a direct arrow to the Lord. Um and Mary had that power, right? Mm. Just say something mm-hmm. once and simply to her son. Um, but yeah, that heartfelt calling on Jesus, right? You know, when Peter was drowning, got out of the boat, and was walking on water, and then he looked at the waves and he was drowning. I don't think he spent a long time praying to Jesus to no. save him. Yeah. I think he said, Jesus save me. There you go. So that's <laughs> a good example yeah. to follow. Yeah. Fascinating. Bill, you've got some great notes there here. Bring us up to speed with a couple of your uh, thoughts. You were talking about efficacy. Oh, the efficacy of listening. Well, um, I learned, well, speaking of, of Mary saying to the servants, do whatever he tells you, as I've done retreats, parish missions, talks here, there, and everywhere, I've always tried to stress to people, keep your prayers short. And before you ask Jesus for something, ask him, what he wants you to do. Don't tell him what you want him to do. Ask him what he wants you to do. And then do whatever he tells you. Okay? And there's power in that because in doing that, 
we're recognizing in a very active sort of way that Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. To be a Lord means that we're a subservient, subservient to everything that he says. But if we never ask him to say something, we're not going to know what it is we're supposed to do. Go deeper on that. What are some examples, perhaps, that you might bring in here? Well, in 1991, my sister-in-law had aplastic anemia. Real long story short, she was sent home from Iowa City and told that she had about three months to live. Mm -hmm. I was disappointed, and I said, Lord, is there something else you want me to do to bring about healing for my sister-in-law? And he said, yeah, invite your whole family up to your living room and pray over your sister-in-law and your brother this time as well. Well, you know, I wasn't comfortable doing this with my family because we just didn't do that when we were young. But I carried through with it, and we prayed, and, you know, Jolene is still alive after, that was 91, 31 years later. In fact, Mm -hmm. she went back to nursing school, and she served the sick herself. Three months to live? With three months to live. She was healed. Wow. And what Jesus told you to do was within your power to do. Right. Right? He doesn't ask us to do impossible things. No. No. But that concept is... is, uh, I don't want to say foreign. It's 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 new. I don't think I've heard anyone ever tell me what you've just said. That and how did you say that before you begin prayer about what you want to do? Your your ask Jesus what He wants you to do. Ask Jesus what He wants you to do. Mm-hmm. Colleen, I'm yeah. I'm green on this here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's a new concept, isn't it? Yeah. When did you dis- get to that point, or when, when did you discover that? Because that's not a, a uh, I've never heard anyone else articulate that be the first prayer that we ask of the Lord. The first time I encountered that was down at the county jail. Uh-oh, there we're was, back at the jail. <laughs> we're back at the jail. <laughs> a, a 48-year-old man who had been uh, charged with I hate to say it, sexually molesting a little kindergarten girl at Mm. Fulton School, you might remember the story, Mm -hmm. was in front of me to pray on a Sunday night. And I started my routine prayer service. And as I did, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Bill, this isn't what this man needs tonight. And the Holy Spirit then moved me to pray, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the response came, ask him if he's seen his mother lately. And I said, Lord, why in the world would you want me to ask him if he's seen his mother lately? And the Lord pretty sternly said, Bill, never mind why I'm asking you (laughs) if he's seen his mother lately. Just ask him if he's seen his mother lately. And so I called him by name. And for the first time, he raised his eyes and made uh, eye contact with me. And I said, Gene, have you seen your mother lately? And the man just struggled the anguish on his face as he struggled to get out the words, my mother has refused to speak to me for the past 15 years. And as I saw the anguish on his face and just how knurled it was, it's as if Jesus gave me the grace to look right into the center of this man's heart. And just for this brief instant, all I could see was Jesus hanging on the cross, bloody beaten, being cursed at and spit upon, dying there Mm -hmm. for the soul of this man who had committed this unforgivable crime that's so unforgivable in the Mm -hmm. eyes, you know, of so many people. And so I said to him, you know, my friend, 
it must have been really painful for you to experience that rejection from your mother for these 15 years. And he shook his head, yes. I said, how about we ask Jesus to give you the grace to forgive your mother? And while we're at it, how about we ask him to give you the grace to forgive yourself for anything that you may have ever done in your life that you're not very proud of? And so he shook his head, yes. I put my hands up to the glass of the visiting room and I just said, Lord Jesus, would you please give our friend here the grace to forgive? So he the, was on the other side of the glass? He was. And as he left the room, our session ended right after that. And as it did, I remember the words of Matthew's gospel just spoke to my heart. Whatever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, you do it for me. And so that, what do you want me to do after that experience? It just, it just taught me right then and there the mm -hmm. power of that prayer. Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I've got so many other examples. You know, do you, do you think that that approach or that mindset, Bill, makes our subsequent prayers, our follow-up prayers, more? efficacious? I think so, yeah. It's being obedient to the Lord. You know, not obedient in the sense of, um, you know, obedient obedience, but in the sense of obeying the person who desires to bring healing to this situation. And I love that it's not relying on our own understanding. Because you probably went in there thinking, I know what this guy needs to be healed of, or I know what he needs to ask forgiveness of. But then the Lord, who sees the heart, says, mm, ask him this. Mm -hmm. Is this akin to, was it Philip or the other apostles that said, Lord, teach us to pray? And he gave us the, our Father. Is that, is that applicable here? That just pops into my, my brain. Well, I think it's applicable in the fact that they turn to the Lord. How do we pray? Uh huh. True. Yeah. 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 Bill, you got more. Give, give us another story. These well, are incredible. Here, here's another powerful one. Um, back, I can't remember how many years ago, probably five years ago, roughly, I got a call from Gisela, the Hispanic coordinator down at St. Pat's Church here mm -hmm. in Dubuque. Mm -hmm. And she said, we got your name from Catholic Charities. They said you might be able to help us. And I said, well, what is it that you're looking for? And she says, well, we've got this poor Hispanic lady here in the parish, and she's both of the retinas, the, uh, the retinas in both of her eyes are becoming detached. And if she doesn't have surgery by next Monday, she's going to go completely blind. And I said, okay, so what is it that you're looking for? And she said, well, we need $14,000 by tomorrow or Iowa City is going to cancel the surgery. <laughs> and I said to her, well, I don't have 14000 sitting around here, so could you give me a little time to pray and I'll get back to you? So I hung up the phone, and the Spirit moved me to pray, Lord, is there something you want me to do? Well, there was no, there was a visual in my brain that said, yeah, Bill, get out your home equity loan checkbook and write out a check for $14,000, <laughs> and I'll cover it. And I said, Laura, don't you think I ought to check with Sue first? <laughs> <laughs> my wife. Yeah. My wife. Yeah. And I could see he was shaking his head, yes, that'd be a good idea. 
Well, it just so happens she walks into my office. Two minutes later, I tell her what's going on. And without one moment's hesitation, she says yes to our doing that. You're kidding. She stepped out in faith. We wrote out a check, <clears throat> paid it, and, and the surgery took place. And the Lord said he'd cover it. So that happened by our sending out two emails with the invitation to probably about 50 total people. Uh, here's what we did. If you'd like to help us with this, you know, we're hoping to recover most, of, if not all, the $14,000. Because I didn't want to pay for my house again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Once is enough. So... The good news was seven to ten days, the whole $14,000 came into the mailbox. The only problem is the money kept rolling into the mailbox. And to make a long story short, by the time all was said and done, we had collected $42,595 as a result of these two emails. $42,000? Five, and 595 Wow. And... Included in that amount had been a check for $14,000 from an anonymous donor mm -hmm. making this out to me saying, put this in your own retirement account. Well, I didn't do that, okay, because it turned out that the lady needed two more surgeries in order to restore her eyesight. Oh, my. And then a year later, I get an email out of the blue and it's describing a Hispanic lady in downtown Dubuque that's going blind because of cataracts. And I'm thinking, I wonder if there's any chance this is the same woman. Turns out that it was. So, guess what I prayed? Lord, is there something mm -hmm. you want me to do? Mm -hmm. Call the big contributors from the last time. So I made 12 phone calls within the course of a half an hour. Every single person picked up the phone and I asked them if they would contribute to this ongoing saga of the blind lady. And within that half an hour, they pledged over $20,000 and covered a fourth surgery. Oh, God bless her. And finally, the lady's eyesight was restored. Colleen, we were wondering what we were going to talk about today. And here we are at the end of segment three already. Yeah, you know, God does provide, doesn't he? And the other thing that I want to point out is this is an awesome community. I mean, th there's so Praise many God. generous people um, in this community. Uh, it couldn't have happened without their hearts being touched, and they're following that. Whenever I've shared that story, I have normally concluded with that same comment, that Jesus, through his body in this community, healed that lady's eyesight. Yep. yep. Praise God. Deacon Bill Beaver, with his healing ministry, is our guest on our 52nd episode of The Chatter here on Monday, July 18th. Bill, would you be kind enough to uh, lead us in a, another uh, prayer, please? Father in heaven, there's so many people throughout the world that are in need of healing of body, mind, or spirit. And so many of them are not aware of your desire to heal them. And so we pray, Lord, that the good news of your desire to heal might become broadcast throughout the world so that men, women, and children, many of whom are suffering and many of whom are dying, might come to you and receive this beautiful gift 
that your Holy Spirit provides for us. We praise you, we thank you, and we bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bill, out of 52 episodes, this one is unique among them all. Sure is. Thank you. Thank you, indeed. Deacon Bill Beaver, Colleen Pasnack, on the uh, chatter here, episode 52. Let's uh, do in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to, to the, the Father, Father and to the, the Son and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and ever shall be, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tune in again next week to the chatter. We love you.